Hey, do you know how many big political ideas have started at the dinner table of my friend Bill Press? I mean, it's like more than the Last Supper. It is extraordinary. Bill has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country. So I'm glad he's still out there on the left stronger than ever. Right now, he is using that progressive voice in the Bill Press pod. The Bill Press pod is up twice a week, an in-depth interview with a major newsmaker on Tuesday, plus his lively end-of-the-week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters digging deep on the latest craziness from the GOP, the massive voter suppression, bills in the states and the democrats fighting to keep control of congress in 2022 i encourage you join me in subscribing to the bill press pod it is a must listen for all progressives to sign up just go to wherever you get your podcast click on subscribe and tell your friends to do the same take it from me i follow the bill press pod and you should too i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble standing up and speaking out here's hal sparks well, golly gee, it's a, you know, it's a crazy, crazy Saturday. It's a different kind of, uh, I guess a different vibe for me. I've got more, I feel like I have more, more moisture in my skin overall than normally when I'm doing the show. It might have something to do with the fact that I am in a swamp-tastic part of the country. Um, the irony that Republicans have been pushing back against this absurd concept of the swamp. Let's, what is the swamp? Tell us about the swamp, the swampiness of the swamp. You gotta, you get, and by draining the swamp, what they mean, of course, is gather everyone together that's the most alligator-like human you could possibly find, and then, of course, put them in charge of anything that requires care and competency, right? And let them, I suppose, chew on it. Um, okay, so let's see, audio on this guy. I'm just making sure, one second, everybody at home making sure that they get audio on this guy, and hopefully that will fix it. And there we go. Now we've got audio. Thank you. Okay, I was I was trying to send audio out to the stream, and it was being weird. And uh, But anyways, here we are. And I guess, I mean, there's a lot of big stories this week. I, we all know that this is, of course, the week that's the anniversary of Donald Trump suggesting that um, uh, as a possible remedy for uh, a a disease that would rampage the country and uh, take the lives of, at this point, nearly 600,000 of our fellow Americans. His his recommendation was perhaps because he had heard that if you pour uh, disinfectant on a banister or on a windowsill, that it kills diseases, as anyone who's ever used a Lysol white knows, uh, that perhaps if there was a way to sort of get the bleach in the disinfectant specifically inside the body and that a very powerful light, if you hit the hit humans with a very powerful light, um, that you could somehow kill the virus since the virus didn't survive well. If you uh, if it was on a banister, you rubbed it with bleach and the sun hit it for a good period of time. And so perhaps there is a way that if we could make uh, humans... Uh, like a like a clogged drain. If you just treat people like a, a clogged toilet, you know, just pour some goopy blue liquid into it and flush a few times and then just jam a, a bulb up your keister, that in some ways would solve this for us. Thank you, Hal Vickery. Um, oh, and Hal Vickery says he finally got the refund for all the bleach he bought. I, I, I don't know that he has to, though, because apparently there's some folks that have been arrested in um, down here in Florida where I am for selling a miracle cure. 
which was, uh, of course, uh, sol- sodium chloride and water, um, which when metabolized in the human gut uh, makes bleach. And they were selling it to, as a miracle cure and using the actual word mi- miracle, which I thought, you know, gutsy, uh, shows a lot of chutzpah on their part. But I think the story, I mean, there's a bunch of stories this week that I'm, uh, yeah, that I'm, oh, I don't, now I don't hear you. That's very weird. Why am I not hearing you? John Emilian, now, I, I, like, I'll guess that everybody else can hear you but me or something like that. Nope. Okay, good. All right. So that's what it is. Let me see. Maybe I lost him on the stream sound. We will fix that in one second. Because I think, yes, I think the stream can definitely hear John. No, maybe not. Um, But if if you look at, I mean, and we'll talk about all of these things over the course of, um, oh, that's weird. Um, Over the course of today's show, the primary one being, for me anyways, um, and, and this is, uh, you know, when you're talking to uh, the, beg your pardon, mm-hmm. let's just try that. Um, when you're talking to, uh, you know, Republicans, there are two kind of two primary things that we deal with all the time. The, the first one being, I guess, that in many ways um, that... Donald Trump not only did a great job with everything that he did, um, and not only did do we not appreciate that fact, but that he also won the election, and no one uh, can say otherwise. And there is a you know there's obviously and you know clearly proof of this. And I think we can hear you now, Johnny Million. We should be able to check one two. There you are. Yep. All good. Well, let me let um, me circle back to my joke. How does yes. the FDA rule on miracles? Oh, the the, the FDA the FDA has not cleared uh, miracles for emergency authorization, <laughs> which is I think technically the only time you kind of need a miracle is for oh, emergency my. use. If I'm not mistaken, I mean that's when they really come in handy. Nobody needs kind of like I mean I'm sure there are some like standing in line at Starbucks miracles. Like I you know I'd love to be early. So it would be a nice mini miracle if this line was short, you know, and I really it would be nice if um, I a, a mini miracle occurred where I discovered I had more money on my uh, Starbucks app than I thought. And therefore, yeah, I could add an extra. Sure the FDA could get behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Because no one's life depends on it. Those are the best kind of miracles anyways, because one would think that the biggies would interfere with God's plan. But that's another theological discussion for another time. If you're asking for big assistance, then in many ways you might be messing up the greater good scheme. But on the minor levels, you know, the smaller details, you know, the the this blade of grass versus that blade of grass, you know, those those kind of things may in and of themselves, you know, uh, hopefully, um, won't be a major issue. Now, um, uh, the, we know, we know, we know that, um, oh my God, my, uh, Mike Lindell is going to be on Kimmel Wednesday to discuss largely, what? yes, largely, I mean, obviously the massive launch of Frank, Frank, which if you're not familiar, uh, have you signed up for Frank yet, um, Johnny Million? No, what is you know Frank? What, you don't know what Frank is? Oh my I gosh, I can't believe I can bring you into it. Like, I'd love to be the one to introduce this to you. Frankspeech.com is allegedly um, 
a new social media site that's like YouTube oh, and Twitter no. that, that Mike Lindell is launching that is totally free speech. And, of course, if you know what total uh, unfettered uh. free speech is in terms of the Internet, you know that it's basically a, uh, a the, the words you would use to ring the dinner bell for people who want to post um, uh, illicit sex acts, child sex trafficking videos, uh, I guess snuff films, <sighs> ISIS Al-Qaeda. I mean, if you're going to not have any moderation and no limitations, then that's where they would go, one would think. You know, that's one of the yeah, things yeah. that keeps them off the social media that we all use with some level of, you know, uh, regularity. Now, not everything is free speech ready there. On Frank, on Frank, um, which is, uh, in my estimation, spelled with a few, uh, with a Q and you can substitute an, an R for the uh, a W for the R if you would like, flank. But on flank, um, you will not be allowed. What you will be able to discuss that uh, you think vaccines are the mark of the devil. Let's say you will be able to say that on Frank, and no one will censor you for saying this, according to Mike Lindell and the multitude of videos that I have had to watch. To keep track of this, and, and just just to throw this out there, people don't get censored on Twitter for saying that vaccines are the mark of the devil. No, they don't. No, they uh, they get they just get at. reacted to. Yes, exactly. You get criticized, but you know, criticize yeah. and attack is a different. You know, they use those words uh, in a, you know in sort of a odd rotation. Um, the 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 other thing that you can say is that the election was completely stolen. You can say that uh, Donald Trump actually won by eighty four million votes. That he actually won California. You can say any of those things on flank that you want, and and I, and I suppose you can post. Um, you know, all the, um, you know, uh, faces of death videos that you'd like to post, uh, that, you know, that other sites would censor or gray out or say, not here, thanks, not advertiser friendly, as it were, those kind of things. Right. Apparently, you can, you can do all that. You cannot take the Lord's name in vain, though. Now, the definition of what they consider the, the Lord's name being taken in vain, which I would imagine being, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone swearing or just abstractly saying Jesus of Nazareth in a certain, you know, as a, with an exclamation point behind it, would I, which I guess would not, you know, the old uh, adage, I'm not, I'm not cursing, I'm calling for help. Um, it, you know, I don't know how that they recognize that and apply it. I'm confused about the level of free speech that also has a, you know, but then of course we're dealing with Republicans. We're dealing with conservatives. We're dealing with people who believe in freedom. F-R-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-D-U-M-B. Freedom. Where we have Americans, are, it's the, we're the land of the free. Freedom is the primary driving factor of America. However, gay people should not have the freedom to be married. Women should not have the freedom to control their own physical person and decide when and if they will um, have a baby. They should be broodmares for the state in the name of freedom. And that the morals of a particular uh, segment of the populace should be able to, you know, apply like a layer over the morals of others. Even freedom for the right people. Yes. Well, I mean, I, you know, obviously the, the level of consent issues that the Republicans seem to have and the recognition of the difference between consensual acts and non-consensual acts has always seemed to baffle them. Um, uh, but in the name of freedom, you know, this, this is the same thing you have going on on uh, on Frank, Frank, that um, free speech 
will be exercised within the limits of um, whatever, anything shy of uh, something that would upset Mike Lindell. That is the standard. Therefore, um, therefore, flankspeech.com, the new Mike Lindell social media uh setup that he's running through, which is, I guess, his own mini little Ning offshoot, which if you don't know, Ning is a service where you can create your own social media network and it's just expensive and a waste of time. Um, no offense, Ning, but um, you're, best, you're better off with a Discord. We have one, by the way. Um, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about one of the th- areas where they have been effective in getting some uh, action done, even though I believe it will be futile and actually... Uh, is contrary to their alleged uh, their their alleged values, which I mean is that are defining characteristic. We'll be back right after this. This is the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT eight twenty dot com, and of course uh, WCPT eight twenty uh, dot com is a great place to uh, listen to all your favorite uh, liberal and progressive talkers, uh, from Steph to me to everything. And they step uh, the uh, the sexy liberal. Uh, virtual show is still available on demand if you haven't seen it, um, and you can you, you can get little snippets of it on John Fugelsang's site, on Frangela's site, and of course go to my go to infotainmentwars.com and watch Arizona or uh, you know my my own take on the Arizona recount, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Arizona recount, baby. Mm. These guys. Hi, chat room. Hello. Now let's get back with Hellsparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Listed, we can't live it private because we're caught giving you a password. But if you stumble upon it or somebody were to show it to you because they knew it was there without any insti- you know, instigation from us, you could use that footage. Because we need help and we need we need family man storylines and we need, you know, what a great, you know, Christian conservative family values thing. We need ads about that. And you can't grab footage like that off the news, so we got to sneak it to you. So this is footage of Ted Cruz with his arm around his brother and sitting with his family and talking with his wife and, yeah. and a, a lot of silent footage. Well, that's because you can't coordinate with a super PAC. What effectively the Trump campaign was doing was coordinating with Russia as a super PAC. And what Russia did with that information that they got was attack the, the electorate in all these areas, drum up divisions, uh, foment, you know, fears of the other, you know, yep. create fake Facebook groups, create fake Facebook gatherings, you know, BLM groups and, and you know, Muslim Americans for Sharia law in and Ohio. Force weird and that, things to trend on Twitter. Right. And that didn't actually happen, but right. helped. But as a as an advertising yeah, strategy was Chicago, so and insofar, thank you, Chicago. Hi. Well, uh, thanks for um, fixing that. We had a momentary uh, audio f- uh, ditch out or something. I I was I appeared connected and yet was not. I mean, it was. I blame it was, Florida. It was like a second date. I thought there was a connection. <laughs> I was mistaken. <laughs> so um, the it, what we were talking about was the fact that the the Republican Party has psychologically invested in Donald Trump from the second he came down that escalator. They talk about it in such glowing terms that it is if they are a, a, you know, giving an example of uh, you know a, a, a 
He walked on water. Or of a man sitting on a throne. They discussed the escalator as if it were a throne. And in many ways, as we, you know, as those who have listened to my, uh, my, you know, recent streams from here and got a, this lovely little message from Glenn Beck. Stop using the word democracy. Which is, uh, you know, was part of his argument that we don't live in a democracy, we live in a constitutional republic, um, which is, it, it, I would guess in court you would say, you would say that that's not the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but it's a functional one for the narrative that he wants to push. Um, that this is what they are talking about, that, that in many ways this is the return of the king. That, that Donald Trump exemplifies the return to landowners making real decisions over the rabble. Now, never mind the fact that he he doesn't really own a lot of land. He he as much certainly not as much as they think he does. Um, he owns he, a lot he, of signs. Yeah, he owns a lot of uh, yeah, billboards, you know, and, and big giant letters attached to buildings that other people own because he basically brands his, uh, you know, the the Trump image based on what his father built. He's a second generation rich kid. He behaves exactly like that. So um, they have invested so much in the idea that not only is Trump sort of this messianic character, but they can't fathom how anyone else would think otherwise. They are shocked that anyone is, is offended or grossed out or or finds him morally reprehensible. Um, considering and they that, also deny that they worship him as such, and they yes. they, but then they wonder why um, somebody who voted for Biden doesn't hold him up on a pedestal the same way they, yeah, they do don't, with Trump. Yes, because we you know there's a difference between looking for a leader and a messiah, and there's a difference between wanting a, a competent president and quote unquote a leader. I don't actually right. need a leader. You know, I need someone to take point on something. That's different than a leader. I need someone to help carry out the will of the electorate in a competent way with a balanced view of people that may have a disagreeing view so that when things are changed, when when we make an advance, that the backlash to it doesn't either have a lot of reason behind it you know that they were given an opportunity to voice their concerns they were given an opportunity to express their concerns and they lost the argument genuinely and that they they were able to participate so they weren't just sidelined and therefore can complain that their constitutions their constitutional rights were violated in the expression of a you know society moving forward that's why you bring these folks into the circle that's why you do it so that you can protect your own values, your own laws that pass. We, um, I want to jump into this Arizona recount thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But but I we got to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk ah. about the fact that these folks are they. Are, it is impossible for many of them to believe that they were wrong. And their beliefs about Trump and his capabilities and his messianic qualities are a result not of, you know, them being able to see reality as it is, but their own delusion. And so asking them to face the fact that he lost is asking a delusional person to 
understand they are delusional. They are mad. They are insane. They are fools. And that's a big hit to the ego. We'll be back right after this. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, let's. So, um, you know, we have all seen over the last few years this kind of bizarre need for Republicans to not just believe that Donald Trump's a good uh, good example of a Republican, a great uh, president for their cause, tax cuts and yada yada, kind of trickle-down economics, the standardized Republican thing that's just more capable as a human being of getting it through because he's got charisma or something like that. I mean, that that would be an argument, however ridiculous, because I find him to be the most repulsive person to listen to uh, you know, this side of Jim Jordan, um, that, you know what I mean? Just insofar as oh, yeah. human to human interaction and, and, and understand that the, the apprentice and the celebrity apprentice, the root of those shows and what their success was based on was not, here's this successful guy helping people learn how to become successful. People write books to do that, or they hold seminars to teach you a skill that you may not have on sales or what have you. What that, those, the root of those shows and the success of those shows, in many ways, uh, as is The Bachelor or Survivor, the root is embarrassment. The root is, this is a wholly embarrassing circumstance where it works like a game show, there is a winner, but what you really tune in for is to see someone um, shamed, essentially. And the basic yeah. shame of Survivor is all the crap they have to do that was borderline uh, fear factor and, and them cutting against each other and someone being called out by a group in a very high school way. The Bachelor's about who gets rejected, not about who gets together. That's why there's one episode at the end with the, the actual joining of the couple that becomes a farce later on. The, the entirety of the series is the embarrassed rejection of every member of those people over the course of the show. The same thing is true of The Apprentice. That what you really are tuning in for, it's kind of, you know, this is one of the tricks of, uh, of television, is um, give the audience what they want, not what they think they want. Because if you give them what they think they want, show's over. If, if Scully and Mulder kiss, the show is done. You have to almost... The minute you get to where you've solved it, the audience doesn't tune in to see it solved. They tune in for the tension of will it be solved, the excitement of maybe this is the day. And by dragging that out, that's how you keep them on the line. The same thing is true of these, you know, these reality shows that are, um, it, you know, the the Gene Simmons family jewels and those kind of shows. Those are referred to as docu soaps. Um, mm. meaning that they're fake documentary, meaning it's real people. They're using their real names, but they're soaps. They're, they're crafted. They're written. Uh, the storylines are fake. They make up conflict. They artificially create circumstances where they do. The Kardashians are built on that entire function. The reality show, the game show that Trump hosted, The Apprentice and The Celebrity Apprentice, is about the, uh, and, and the reason they went to The Celebrity Apprentice was because it became less and less embarrassing for the average citizen to be told what to do by Donald Trump. It's a little silly and it's stupid, 
but you're not going to actually be effective or, you know, learning from him. And people were aware of that watching the show. So you bring in celebrities who are actually have more weight and more, you know, in a lot of ways, more business skill than Trump does. Many of whom were more financially successful. And then to have them stand on a street corner trying to sell hot dogs or what nonsense that Trump sends them to do, like, you know, like the the P. Diddy sketch on Chappelle's show. You know, that sending them for Ethiopian breast milk on the other side of town, you know, like, and before they can get, or, or he's going to shut the studio down. That's what those shows are about, right? And so the very idea that people would get advice from Donald Trump on how to conduct their business is at its root embarrassing. Mm-hmm. He's been a failure his entire adult life. He had a $300,000, I think it was, uh, salary when he was 11, so his father could hide tax money. So you know, he, so he could he could avoid taxes. He he ran the company into the ground and, and stole it away from his brother, and needed to borrow fifty six million dollars from the trust fund of uh, of his siblings just for operating cash, just to keep the lights on, not to expand, not to pay off some debt, but just to keep the things rolling. And when he ran out of money, he started looking for it in the sketchiest of places, and a lot of that is coming up. Uh, in the next couple of years, and he does not have it. The money that he is gathering from his super PAC, which he's going to be using to pay his debts, is not going to be used to help get Republicans elected in 2022. It's an absurdity. Everybody knows this in the Republican Party, but yet there is this very bizarre thing where Kevin McCarthy and all these people are going down to Mar-a-Lago and kissing his ring. Now, are they really kissing his ring? Or are they, effectively, kissing the ring of the lunatic fringe of the Republican Party, the maggots and Trumpsters who will follow this man in a cult-like way, is, is there sort of a ricochet off the kissing of the ring that, le- that you're like, I'm going down there to pay homage to Trump, not because I think he can give me anything, because he's going to spend all the money he gathers. He's, his rallies are just going to be about him. Every interview he does is a gripe fest and a rehash of the fact that he lost the election. Fair and square. It's so embarrassing. And he's now moved into Grandpa has told the same three stories over and over. Yeah. And oh, he's told he tells the ramp story in every interview. Oh, since, really? The one since, where he was walked down the ramp? Yeah, that it was ice, you know, and that it was pouring rain, which it clearly was not, which, that it was slippery like ice, that the, you know, the whole thing, and that he ran the last 10 feet. Like, he's telling the story in almost like a tick. Like, your grandpa tells stories, and you're like, yeah, that's the third time we've heard it at Thanksgiving. Yeah, we Dinner. know grandpa. Yes. So, he does this. They, they, there's nothing to be gained from him in person. He's not going to give them some advice on fiscal policy or economics or how to get their version of what infrastructure should be through the process. He doesn't know anything about that, nor does he have any interest in doing it. He has now moved on to his own deals in foreign countries that he was able to kind of set up while he was president. That's what he's hoping for. Unfortunately, his best buddy, um, Vladimir Putin, may actually be ill. And therefore, while he's setting himself up to be president for the next, you know, till 2036, um, he, that may have just been a show to cover the fact that he may not be capable of running the country within a year or two because of alleged uh, medical issues that he has. So when Kevin McCarthy and all these people go down and McCarthy may be the the odd man out in that he actually might believe the, the sun shines out of Donald Trump's backside. <sighs> The rest of them go down to kiss his ring because they want the maggots and the Trumpsters 
to know that they are being heard. That this is this is what this is how you do it instead of going to actual you know constituencies. Because if you go to talk to these people directly, if you if any of these folks go directly to the MAGA folks, they have to stand there while they yell stuff about Trump actually won the election and all this yep. stuff. You have to stand. I mean, even you know Matt Gates, uh, oh, not too far from where I am right now, was doing one of these little mini parking lot rally things and. It, all of the questions asked were about he really won and and hydroxychloroquine. I, I mean, they were cultists because that's the only and they think that this is reflective of the Republican electorate, not that it's reflective of the only people are, that are showing up at Republican gatherings now right. because everyone sensible has left. No. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone why, else is embarrassed. Right. Why would you go? What, right. So the Arizona Republicans who apparently their election that got them their position was completely legitimate. The fact that they won their seat in 2020, that's completely legitimate. The fact that Biden won the presidency is illegitimate. The fact that um, a, a Democrat won the uh, Senate seat, that's completely illegitimate. So. Hence recount. So they are, you know, they're down there right now over the weekend uh, doing a, a recount. The fourth so far. Of, an, and, there, and, and I've heard some reports referring to it as an audit, some as a recount. The, the, there are a couple of, you know, main issues being that those are two wholly different things. You know, and they are either doing both uh, one or neither. And it looks like in many ways they are doing neither because I would in watching all the Rudy Giuliani stuff that I have had to watch over the last year and watching all the Trump, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth that he has done. He their complaint is, is that, you know, these the ballot boxes in Georgia that were hidden under a table, which were actually tabulation documents that were uploaded so that Steve Kornacki had something to talk about that had nothing to do with actual votes being added or subtracted, but makes a great story because it looks like something sketchy happened after everybody left, even though there's cameras all over the facility and they had to have known that there was cameras all over the facility, whatever. I guess they seem to believe that um, if there was a plot that the people carrying it out... uh, would be as slapdash as that about the presidency of the United States. You know, that they would just go, oh, crap, wait a minute, there's security cameras in here? Like, that, uh, really? That You know, so, I mean, it was a coordination with multitudes of, I mean, Iran, China, Russia, all came together to manipulate black volunteers in Georgia so that after hours they would sneak votes in in a, in a county that Biden was clearly going to win anyways, like that kind of thing. So Arizona Senate Republicans are doing a hand count right now, a hand recount of 2.1 million Maricopa County ballots. They are doing this with no press observation. So all that stuff you hear about what, you know, the Biden administration not letting the press into the border facilities, the Biden administration keeping, the, you know, the press out of what. I mean, that's really the only one I've heard of because Trump did a lot of that as well. And they seem to ignore that. But the primary one being that they're not allowing the press in at all to view what they're doing. Now, uh, there's a reason why you don't 
have close-up cameras on stuff as ballots are being counted, I suppose, because they're hand-filled out in Arizona and Maricopa County. And so, um, and uh, thus, privacy. yes, privacy, exactly. The main problem, of course, being is that um, the one reporter who signed up as an observer was tweeting early in the day, and then they made her stop, that the volunteers were using black and blue, they had blue pens at their stations, and it says very distinctly in the in you know in the rules of recounts and handling of ballots that there should be not only no you know electronic devices people can't have their phones in and the like, um, but they also can't have black or blue pens because those are the pens that are used for the Scantron style documents that they run through the counting machines in Maricopa County, and so for three days Republicans who believe Trump won. Um, I have a, a, this is, these are not, um, just random counters. These are not just, you know, independent observers. These are people hired by and paid for Republicans who are using volunteers, which were, are not independent volunteers that are, that are partisan volunteers. Every Mm. one of the people who signed up through this group to do this believes Trump won or should have won or did win or will win or is winning or is the, now the magic president of the new corporate, the, the Republic of America and Biden is the president of the corporation of America. That kind of It's harder and harder to conjugate those It's a lot. It's a lot. There's been a lot of splintering in these factions, but, these people are partisan, and they spent the better part of three days since Wednesday um, re- doing a recount with uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ballots with blue and black pens right there that will, if they so chose, if they found a, uh, you know, a ballot that didn't have the presidency marked on it, let's say there's a Republican who didn't like Trump, so they just left it blank. Well, there's a free bubble. And they can fill, they have every ability to fill that in because they had the pens available to do it and it would actually work. And then they run it through the recount thing again. And magically, if we can find 10,000 of those in the 2.1 million over the course of however long this is going to take, there's no limit on it insofar as I know. Can we bring it closer? Can we say we found, oh, we found a thousand. So if we found a thousand, we can assume that we only found ten percent. So therefore, nullify, therefore, full you know, redo of the election. That I mean, that I mean, it will turn out the exact same way. I'm not concerned about this. I'm not actually concerned about the results. I'm concerned about the shenanigans. We have to take a break. Right. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So, um. Obviously, the Democratic Party of uh, Arizona has uh, taken issue with this, um, and they were because not because of the audit or a recount, because there have been three already, four I think. Well, you know, three recounts and one audit. The they've sat by while these have gone on. They've over, you know, they've participated in them and said, okay, well, this is it has to match these standards, but oh, they have to go ahead. This one, they're obviously a little concerned about because it's not being run by the Senate. It's being run by this private group that's paid for with murky donors that's been, you know, that's never done this before. And the volunteers are using writing implements that can change the ballots and have been 
for days. And granted, um, the I guess the upside is is that they're doing this so slowly because it, it be, because they are partisan activists, because the people that are calling this that basically every time they come across a Biden vote, they're going to throw it against the wall and see if they can find a way to get it kicked out. And there are so many Biden votes because it's a full on half plus of the votes in Maricopa County of the 2.1 million. It's, you know, one million five hundred thousand slash little bitty extra, the 10,000 extra that made him win that county, that they're going to run across a bunch of these. And every time they run across a Biden vote, they're going to be upset They're going to be emotionally disturbed by the idea that anybody, that maybe one of their neighbors or somebody who lives in this county in a state like Arizona that is a border state and has obviously MS-13 storming across the, uh, the border using babies as shields, you know, that how could anyone in Maricopa County vote for this person? So it must be fake. And so one of the reasons why they are dragging in this process is because they are going to try and kick out every single Biden vote they come across. Legitimate votes by legitimate voters in Maricopa County that are, that are being adjudicated in such a way that um, carpetbaggers and, uh, and, and foreign entities, foreign to the state, are rolling in there to tell people of Maricopa County whether or not their vote is real or not. And the fact that, um, and, and just can I, before I feel maybe some people might be feeling a little tension about this, like concern, have none. It, even with the most egregious form of shenanigans that these folks would try to buy, even if they started like, um, you know, throwing things across, they go, what was that noise? And then they start scribbling in, you know, writing in Trump on as many ballots as they can. They're not going to in their shenanigans, overturn the circumstances in Maricopa County. What they're going to do, if it's an honest recount, they will more than likely find more Biden votes, as every recount has done. If they find that there it's are... It's so embarrassing. If there are 500 votes that they come across that weren't counted or didn't get counted, that they want to get counted, it will be 100 for Trump and 400 for Biden, and they will go, damn it, why, why did we have to do this? Just like Wisconsin, just like Michigan, it, these, just like Georgia... Everywhere they look, if they add Trump votes, they also add more Biden votes. It is simply votes that were being kicked out, and that's the that's the reality. The the other thing is is that I have no idea why anyone, if and this is I guess this speaks to the maggots and Trumpsters and the Giuliani's of the world. Would you trust a recount where Trump had won? But Biden supporters hired a private George Soros-related company with opaque hiring practices to bring in Democratic operatives from all over the country. They do not have the ability to go down that line of thinking. And I get it's, yeah, clearly it's not. So frustrating. Yeah, can you imagine if if Democratic operatives spent four days? Using pens in a in a thing where they wouldn't allow they got to they got to vet the observers themselves. No one got to post anything, you know, as it was happening in terms of the observers. So you couldn't there would be no contemporaneous record of 
hey, I noticed these guys are using blue and black pens when that is exactly what you would use if you were trying to manipulate the, you know, the votes. If can you imagine if a, if a Republican, if Project Veritas or Ben Shapiro had sent someone in to, and they were live tweeting what was going on and Democratic operatives were using blue and black pens for four days t- during a recount? I might grab a, a Fox News headline. Yeah, that might, that might be some – I mean that would be a month of YouTube clickbait if you ever saw any. It, it would be extraordinary. So watching this play out, I want to remind everyone that if you have any you know, emotional investment in the quality of our de- democracy and that you are concerned at all about the outcome, I, uh, I want you to fear not. Um, I'm sorry, Mike Lindell, I know you're watching um, in between carpet farming, I suppose. Um, I... I, I need to assure you, n- nothing is going to upend the election. As, in August, Donald Trump is not going to seize power or be reinstalled as the true president. That None of that is happening. Joe Biden was elected fair and square. He's going to stay president. We all live in, in reality. You can inhabit a fantasy Waco world if you want to. But you're, it, it is not going to affect the reality that the rest of us live in, no matter how much you, sc- you know, screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth you want. It's simply not going to because you are fighting reality um, and, and you can wrestle with reality all you want. But the effectiveness of this recount will, would be as, you know, at best as effective as putting a light bulb in your rectum to cure covid and at worst an attempt to pour bleach in your mouth to uh, to fight covid. Um, it is an attack on democracy, not a support of democracy. These these folks. Um, it, and this is all based on the idea that they cannot imagine. That they were wrong, yeah. they cannot fathom that the rest of us, even a lot of Republicans who like the tax policy and want more conservative Supreme Court judges, even those that held their nose and voted for Trump, view him as vile, as incompetent, as, uh, you know, at best, uh, a clownish bully, and at worst, uh, a xenophobic serial sexual assaulter. Um, with with an absolute disdain for any human life that he doesn't believe has, is of quality. This is um, this is the fight that's going on. There, there's no Donald Trump is not the current leader of the Republican Party. Madness is. <laughs> Madness is the current. I mean that they are not kissing the ring of this dude. They know when they go down there, they know he spouts gibberish. They know he starts rambling. They know he's got fish delight sauce all over his shirt. And they know he cheats at golf. They are kissing the ring of madness. We'll be back after the news. And uh, and our phone number is 773-763-9278. 773-763-9278. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now time for the happy ending. Yay! Yay! Um, we have a couple callers, so I actually want to get uh, to those <laughs> real quick. Uh, stop it. Um, 
By the way, your your nose laugh snort sounds exactly like the fart sound effect I have from Pops. It's almost exactly. I, yeah. I can't do it when I'm not laughing for real. I know. Uh, I would never ask you to fake it. Um, Thank so, you. Yes, exactly. River. So the... Um, the, the, I guess the one of the primary ones is that the um, the Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine, which is a one and done, has been a, uh, the the pause has been lifted and it is being approved for usage again. There were 15 total cases about this uh, blood clot. They now it is a treatable thing. I think a lot of us when we heard blood clot related to this, that it was either a permanent change, a a change that kills you. Or something along the lines of a stroke, uh, from a from a brain standpoint, and um, and uh, apparently that is not the case. So it is a treatable thing, which means they just have to monitor some people who might be um, susceptible to this. In I believe eight million doses, is that what was? Yeah, eight million doses. Uh, there were fifteen cases. All uh, most of them, the label notes that most cases of the clotting disorder have occurred in women between the ages of 18 and 49. So if you're between the ages of 18 and 49, I have uh, my uh, my girlfriend who falls in that age range. Um, Out of deference to her and my love for her, I will not tell you where in that range she (laughs) she is because she might punch me in the head. Um, She she had Pfizer, as did I. um, And uh, not only no side effects, but we didn't even feel, you know, the, the couple days of misery or headaches or any of that kind of stuff at all that, uh, you know, I have friends who've had it, but that we didn't, we didn't experience any of those things. Um, uh, initially six women had developed severe disorders from this, um, out of the 8 million. There are lots of reasons, by the way, that you can get those, those blood clots, and women in that age range are also more apt to get them. So whether this is a causation or correlation thing, it was not known. And that's what the pause right. was for. Um, I don't know that it is clearer that it is caused versus, uh, you know, correlated. Because it's so rare, you could, you could hardly argue that in 8 million people, something that happens to 15 million people who've had the same experience as 8 million other people, that that true causation is there unless you have a direct linkage and you know that, oh, it's a genetic thing. It's related to blood type and body and blood pH level or something, you know, where you can directly tie it, where those elements were the factor in the age range and the hormonal thing. That That's a lot of factors. Um to squeeze out of 15 people in terms of 8 million other people who have it. So um, uh, the pan- the panel voted 10 to 4 to resume the use of the vaccine with a warning label. Now, I don't know if they voted 10 to 4 for the warning label or to use it again, and they p- it passed 10 to 4 if it had a warning label. That's not clear from the article or anything that I've read. So there's a variance, as there often is, there are three variable possibilities in this. That they voted 10 to 4 to, re- to reissue it, they included a warning label, they voted 10 to 4 to include the warning label, or they included they voted 10 to 4 and it only passed because they, they included a warning label. They couldn't get 10 to 4 unless they included the warning label, right? So that, those are the possibilities. That's a, you know, I'm sure there are other ones I'm not thinking of currently, but those are there. But some of the panel voters who, want, who voted no, uh, voters who, uh, members who voted no, wanted a more prominent risk about women... 
uh, younger women, age 18 to 49, on the warning label and the availability of other COVID vaccines that do not appear to pose the same risk. So they, they voted no about doing that. They wanted more of a warning label than the one that was on there. Um, that said, they still voted for its general use everywhere else. Uh, and I think, and I'm curious what, you know, maybe we'll learn over the next couple of weeks, if women in that age range are leaning more towards, say, Pfizer or, uh, or Moderna in getting it. Um, the interesting thing is, curiously enough, is that in terms of what, what the breakdown is male to female in people who are getting the vaccine, um, and this might line up with the sense that women are more responsible and men would rather get things over with, is the idea that men tend to lean more towards getting the J and J one and done sounds like a, you know, a bumper sticker on a truck in that regard. And women tend to be more like, well, I'll get the, you know, the, the, this two stay. I can, I I'm capable of making two appointments and, and being at both of them. (laughs) So they're comfortable signing up for and getting the Pfizer and Moderna, even though that requires you to remember where you've got to be in three weeks. (laughs) So there is a, a, you know, there is reasoning behind that, that uh, women, even in, you know, in the, that age range that might be concerning, will be more apt to do that. So let's grab, um, I think we got time at least for one of the callers. So let's try to grab this on our way out the door just as a happy ending on that one thing. But yeah. I wanted to talk about that. And those women that should be, in, you know, informed about this. Uh, like I said, my girlfriend got uh, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, she is in that age range, and she uh, had no negative experiences except for a little sight soreness. So that's an anecdotal. Take that with what you take that as you will. Yes. But who do we have first uh, on the line? We have David from North Miami Beach. All right on. David, uh, you're in Florida as well. I'm, uh, we're both live from Florida. Hey, David. Is he there? I don't hear him. I guess not. Let's go to Dondo from Pennsylvania. All right. Dondo in Pennsylvania. Hey, Dondo, welcome. Oh, wait. Is oh, it Gonzo? It's Gonzo. Yeah, it's Gonzo. That's what I thought. I was like, Dondo. I like Gonzo. Hooray. Right. Yes. I, Gonzo, uh, Dondo Don is your sidekick. Apparently, it's your uh, <laughs> half human, half bulldog sidekick that fights crime with you. Hey, what's going on now? Hi, you do well? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I just took a break. Anyway, hey, understood. Uh, I, I I got is it the Arizona thing. I wanted to chime in on too. The uh, yeah. Arizona thing, even if they were to ten the ten thousand five hundred votes to flip those, mm-hmm. it doesn't flip the it doesn't flip the election. They still need like three other states. Right. It, it, yeah. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything in in the overall election. But yeah, not only won't it to... work, but it won't work. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, it won't work. It's just it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So right. I, I wanted to point out um, uh, Herschel Walker is really thinking about running in Georgia and has Trump mm-hmm. backing. Right. I didn't know if you knew that yet, um, but. That's really becoming a prominent thing, and Republicans are kind of getting scared because he doesn't seem to really have much of a chance because he's really not very qualified to to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and this was probably the most important thing is uh, that I was wanting to get your opinion on, 
was um, the vote on D.C. becoming the state that they had this week and how right. they have basically a 170,000 more citizens than Wyoming. And why wouldn't the Senate approve them if their citizens paying taxes? Is it just because of them being racist towards it? That's that's what the article I read I, towards about it. Well, that's it there's always that, this feeling. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, as. As uh, to, you know, as Chris Rock refers to D.C. as Chocolate City, this, there's a reason why Republicans fear the idea that D.C. will suddenly automatically become another two Democratic Senate seats. And they have here's the problem. The Republicans currently have um, an, a, a, a lopsided representation in the Senate. Because red states like Wyoming and Montana and and Idaho that have, uh, you know, fewer people like, I mean, Los Angeles has, you know, just Los Angeles proper, the actual city, not even the county. The city itself has three times as many people as Montana does. And so, right. and, and, and L.A. doesn't have two senators representing that land mass. And the amount of, oh, right, I mean, right. it's the seventh largest economy on earth. D.C., here's the issue with D.C., D.C., beyond the fact that it used to be part of Maryland and that it was carved off as part of the, the to be the capital of the country, not an actual sitting, not, you know, not a city of note in that regard. It was a support structure for the government was the idea that if you made it a state because the government is there, that's too much federal control over those two Senate seats was sort of the fear of the founding fathers in that regard. And so it became a district of Columbia. It was left up to God, one of the deities in some ways. Um, and so it, it's its own kind of legal entity. The current but Republicans, they were also, yeah, but, they're, but they're they afraid were of black people getting two senators. Any, but they were also not supposed to have any anybody supposed to live within the in the District of Columbia. Right. You weren't supposed right. to have any residency. And that changed. Right. Yeah. So all these yes. people that actually live there, live there and pay taxes there, now are, are basically falling under that, that whole taxation without representation. So... Yeah, on a, on a, except... Yeah, except on a like, I mean, there's a bunch of back and forth about that because they also benefit from the taxes of other people in a way that we don't. Like, if you and I want a road... That needs to be repaired, yeah. for example, in our state, our representatives have to go and fight for that. And we'll give all the tax dollars we want, but we may not even get that. D.C. gets everything it wants as far as infrastructure goes or any of those things because it houses the conduit from the capitals skiffs to the Pentagon. Right. So there are no there is no substructure of it that's denied on a taxation level. So they get benefits without that representation that other people don't. So they don't have to clamor for it the way we do. There's no farm bill that affects Washington, D.C. It is beyond those yeah, kind I, of those kind of things, right? So it's not going to pass the Senate. That right. It's not going to pass the Senate. With it, with it becoming a state. Because the, the, all those politicians are still going to go in and out of D.C., and they're still going to right. want all those perfect roads. They're not going to want to drive on bumpy roads. Uh, agreed. I don't see any agreed. Ideas. So the the idea is is that it you know it basically just becomes a social policy senator seat in that regard. So you ba that's that's why they're pushing back against it. My issue with DC becoming a a, a state ultimately is because it is effectively a city. It, it is ridiculous. I think the opposite should be true. I think Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Arkansas arguably should all share two senators. 
um, to make it fair, as opposed to adding PC. And but I also believe that we have more of a chance of um, de- of uh, Puerto Rico becoming a state. I think that that's easier to ratify as a territory. It is much closer to what happened with Hawaii, and I think it's uh, it. You know, the Republicans will push back against it, but. We are paying all that. It is a territory of the United States that is highly populated, that has a lot of international travel and national travel back and forth to it. There's certain benefits, but you don't get any representation in that regard, except in, you, know, you get House representation, but no senators. I think that's the – D.C. might be the, the, the warning shot, and Puerto Rico is the actual bill that gets passed. Uh, we are, oh, we're out of time. I, I overran the break. Thanks so much for calling, Gonzo. Hope you're well. Wish your wife uh, love for me. I'm, I know she's a teacher, and I hope she's safe in, in her work. And thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. And sorry I ran over. Okay, bye.